All right. Well, while you're taking the offering, we would like to honor all the moms in the house. I want all the mothers to stand up. I know we're taking up, but all you mothers, will you stand? If you're a mother this morning, let's give them a praise. Thanksgiving. Amen. We thank you, mom. All right. We thank you, mothers. Amen. This is a day. All right. I want everybody to listen. This is a day where we do the dishes. Amen. This is a day. Yes. Amen. This is a day where we cook. uh, We do the foot massage and we give mom the neck rub today. Amen. We're going to let mom know that she is special. I I want everybody to say this with me. Mom Mom is special. (laughs) All right. And we need to remember that. Our mothers are important. And I'll tell you, I, I, I forgot to do it this morning. I wanted to bring a little poem entitled, The Meanest Mom. I, 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 I've totally forgot about it. It's, it's, it's about a, a poem. It's about a, a little boy who wrote about his mother. What was that? My, my wife has it? Wow. You talk about on the ball. Whoa. I can't even believe she... I got to read this to you because it, it just, it's, it's just amazing. It's called The Meanest Mother in the World. We had the meanest mother in the whole world while other kids ate candy for breakfast. We had cereal and eggs and toast. While others drank Pepsi and had a Twinkie for lunch, we had to eat sandwiches. And you can guess that our mother fixed us dinner that was different from all the other kids. Mother insisted on knowing where we were at at all times. You'd think that we were convicts in a prison. She had to know who our friends were and what we were doing with them. And she insisted that if we said we would be gone for an hour, we would be gone for an hour. We would have to be gone for an hour or less. We were ashamed to admit it. But she had the nerve to break the child labor laws by making us work. We had to wash the dishes and make the beds and learn to cook and vacuum the floor and do the laundry and all sorts of cruel jobs. I think she would lie awake at night just thinking about more things for us to do. She always insisted on us telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. By the time we were teenagers, she could read our minds. Then life was really tough. Mother wouldn't let our friends just honk the horn when they drove up. They had to come up to the door and to meet up them. While everyone else could date when they were 12 and 13, we had to wait till we were 16. Because of our mother, we missed out on lots of things like what other kids experienced. None of us ever had ever been caught shoplifting, vandalizing others' property, or even getting arrested for any crime. It was all her fault. We never got drunk, took up smoking, stayed up all night, done millions of other things other kids done. Sundays were reserved for church. We never missed one. We knew better than to ask to spend the night with our friends on Saturday night. Now that we have left home, we're all... We are all God-fearing, educated, honest adults. We're doing our best 
to be mean parents just like mom was. I think what's wrong with the world today is it just doesn't have enough mean moms. <laughs> I thought that was good. Well, we know that just because a mother has values doesn't make her mean. We know that our moms... You know, the Bible says to honor your father and mother. And it's a, it's a, it's a promise... It's a commandment with promise. And he says, so shall your days be long on the earth. There's a reason for that. Amen. When we begin to honor our fathers and mothers, when we begin to recognize why God brought them. By the way, do you know that moms and dads aren't perfect people? And that's not an excuse or a reason for us to be sloppy as parents. But there's a reason why God didn't give us perfect parents. It's, it's so that the grace of God would flow from generation to generation. It's where we could be transparent, where when we do as parents make mistakes, our children will see God's grace touch our lives and in turn touch their lives as well. Amen? I have a few people that I've asked to come and just share a little bit this morning what it means, uh, what their mothers meant to them. And surely it's going to come up. And... Uh, Shirley's a dear, precious sister. Her mother went home to be with the Lord just a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, and uh, Shirley had such an amazing relationship with her mom. I've asked her to come and just share. Thank you. I had to write it down because I didn't know if I'd be able to do it swinging it. And I had one of those mean moms. <laughs> so blessed. Um, Today, was a very, today is a very important day, a day set aside to honor our mothers. Today is a very sad yet joyful day for me. Most of you know my mom went home to be with the Lord Easter morning. The most wonderful day to go home and be with God. Pearl, my mother, was not just my mother. She was my friend, my prayer warrior, my teacher, my guide, and so much more throughout my life. She loved me with a mother's heart, a mother who was also a pastor's wife, a caregiver for six children, three of her own and three foster children, a polio survivor, and we lived on a farm. Mom lived a very hard life. Yet, she always had a way of finding the good in things, the silver lining. Through all her hardship, she overcame. She believed God was strengthening, creating in her the person she was meant to be. My mother was playful, loving, giving, accepting, truthful, caring. I am grateful that not only do I look like her... <laughs> But I have a lot of her traits. My mother knew everything about me, good and bad. She accepted and loved me regardless of my shortcomings and failures. She always had an encouraging word to help me see myself differently than I perceived me. I have many memories, heart-to-heart -heart talks, cloud-gazing, Holidays, walking in the rain together, food, 
and boy, did we love food. <laughs> Gardening, she knew every plant and flower. Her reading the Bible to me as a child and teaching me all about God. I am so grateful and honored that God chose Pearl Strange to be my mother. I am so blessed. Today I miss her. My heart aches. But I am joyful. For someday I will see her again. I will talk to her. I will hug her. I will laugh with her again. And that will be the one of the most joyful days in heaven. Happy Mother's Day. David. David's going to come share about mom. I love my mom. Uh, she, I've, I've learned a lot from my mother. Um, one of the things that I've learned is how, is how God speaks to people and, and kind of the, the way that he trains us by his spirit. Because a lot of times we, you can hear a word coming out of the mouth of your parent, but it's actually not from, it's actually not a word from them. They're, it's actually the Holy Spirit communicating through your parent to you. And I really appreciate, um, uh, my mom is, is a very uh, gentle lion. She, uh, she's, she's, got, she's got a bite. <laughs> she knows, she knows uh, when to pull out the claws. No, that's, this is a horrible analogy. I really appreciate that she was able to, to display love and discipline at the same time. Many times. I, for one, totally honestly, and I think everyone in my family was agree, I have the most energy. And so I appreciate having a mom who knew how to steward that because it's, it's a big difference between, you know, hey, we need, to get our, we need to get our child to not have this crazy ball of energy. He could power his own power plant with that energy versus, hey, we're going to steward this, and this is something the Lord gave. So I appreciate the vision my mom had to be able to steward this craziness in the, the, you know, I, I was always a happy child, and sometimes I could tell when she was, like, tired, and she would, like, okay, all right, David, and I just, and she would go with it. I really appreciate that. It also brings back the, the story in First Kings, First uh, Kings chapter 3, where Solomon, where Solomon uh, asked the Lord for wisdom, and shortly after that, he's he uh, the story goes on where uh, two women have a baby and one of the women's babies die and she kind of there's a there's a scuffle between the two and the the two moms go before the king with this one baby and the baby belongs to one of the mothers and not the other mother and 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 the uh, Solomon you guys know the story said hey we're gonna cut the baby in half. And you guys can each have your own half of the baby. And of course, we know who the mom was. The mom was the one who said, no, she can, she can, she can have the baby. Just let the baby live. And I see that happening in uh, an awesome, awesome moms 
will sacrifice even their own their own ability to be the a surround to be around their child in order to have their child's well-being at best interest it wasn't about the fact that i have to be with my child it was the fact that i just want the child to live that's an awesome mom and i appreciate the vision that my that my mom has had and even even sometimes encounters where she's like you know what just so he can live i will i will sacrifice my desires so th- that that soul can prosper i just think that's a good mom so thank you mom i love you so much and jordan where's jordan at i asked jordan to come up and just share a little about her mom amen um i just really appreciate my mom um she's always like really tried to put like my best interests first before herself and even when she comes home from work and she's really tired she'll just like she has this like love and like no matter like how tired she is she'll always just like show me her love and put me and the family first by doing things that the family needs instead of putting her own needs first and I just really appreciate how she's like invested in me. Kim's going to share just a little how special. She's going to be a mom here again. Amen. Well, my mom is a woman of wisdom. And if you know my mom, most of you do, you know that wisdom is definitely her main trait. (laughs) And I really appreciate that. She's had, um, I'm pregnant, so I get emotional. (laughs) It just comes with the territory. Um, Anyway, my mom's a woman of maturity. And that's something, um, growing up, you know, you see other kids' moms, and maybe they weren't the most mature, and my mom was always so mature, and she always handled situations with such class, and she always, (laughs) why am I crying? (laughs) Anyway, I really appreciate that maturity and that stability. I knew my mom wasn't going to go crazy and flake off and do something weird. Mom was there. Mom was stable, and I knew where mom stood, and you could always count on mom that she wasn't going to you know, go crazy. And I'm not saying I saw a lot of people go crazy, but (laughs) you know, you just never know. So I appreciate that mom. And um, my mom had four kids and that's a lot of kids. And I appreciate that. And my, my brother, um, I said something one time and mom was too tired or something. And this wasn't that long ago. And Johnny said, well, Kim, mom is still recovering from having four kids. (laughs) He's like, give her a break. I said, you know what? That's right. Four kids is a lot. So any, all the moms who have four or more children, we, you have our respect. That is a lot. You have done well, and you have a special grace for that. So um, Lynette and Karen and Rebecca, you ladies, happy Mother's Day. That's, that's a big deal. I'm, you have my respect. I've, so um, anyway, just thank you, Mom. We love you. And, and my parents have sacrificed so much, and I look back. And um, for several years, my parents had four kids in private school, and they're not millionaires. Four kids in private school is a lot of sacrifice. You know, that's, you're not going out spending money on whatever you want. You're prioritizing, and I thank you for that, that we knew that you prioritized us and our future, and um, that's, you know, been a big thing. So thank you. 
All right. I know we could go on and on and just sharing. Why don't you take your Bibles out just for a few minutes? John chapter 21. I know our time's going and there's a lot we're going to be doing this afternoon. I really mean that. I, I, you know, I just have a, just a word for the mothers. I, this is not my message, but I, I just want to share just one. I, re, I really believe the Lord is wanting, not just to women. I, I, I don't want to actually just say this to women. I, I really believe the Lord wants to turn all of us from being Martha's and turn us into Mary's. Amen? Amen. And, uh, you know, Martha was an awesome woman as well. Uh, a great woman of God. She was a real servant. But when Jesus one day told Martha that she was troubled about many things, and there's a lot of women, there's a lot of, especially women today, there's, there's a lot of cares, there's a lot of concerns, there's pressures to bear on, on the back of women. Uh, and, and I really believe the Lord said a, a real mouthful when he said to Martha one day, he said, Martha, you're troubled about m- many things, but Mary hath chosen the better part. And, you know, I've often wondered what that better part was and what it is. What Jesus was trying to say to Martha was that Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And what Jesus was saying is that, Martha, you're trying to serve me and you're exerting all of this effort in trying to please me. And I see your efforts. And that's that's what happens when we're living under the law and we're laboring in our own personal relationship with the Lord. It becomes more laborious rather than restful or even enjoyable. How many of you believe that the Lord intended for us to have abundant life? Like Jesus said this, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And what did he say? I will give you rest. I believe there's a word today for some of us. I I believe the Lord is saying, I want you to enter into rest. And as we, how, how do we enter into that rest? Well, he said this. He says, I want you to come unto me. I don't want you to hold back. I don't want you to stand aloof. You know, we we live in a very image conscious society. We learn to wear many masks. We learn to put on many masks and we learn to wear a face and we learn to appear happy. We live in a society today where image is everything. There's a, there's a real fear about just being open to just letting people see who we really are. We, we live in a, a fearful society. And the reason is, is because when you have people in close proximity in relationships, the tendency is, especially because our society is broken, The tendency is, is when we get close to each other and we don't know how to handle the nakedness of what we see, what we tend to do is we tend to just close down, we close up, we withdraw, or we run. That's our society today. And the reason is, is when, when, when we as a society, which we are very, we are a very broken society. How many of you know Jesus come to bring healing to that society? Jesus said, if you come unto me, and he said, if you take my yoke and learn of me. And that word take my yoke means to come alongside. I want you to come close to me. If you take my yoke and you come alongside, 
and you'll learn of me. Take my yoke, be teachable. He says, you're going to learn something that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many of you know that when you follow Jesus, he really can make, he really wants you to experience rest. Everyone say rest. Because I believe that there's people this morning that needs the touch of Jesus, the touch of the Holy Spirit, where you learn to enter in to rest this morning. Some of us have been fighting battles. And, you know, there are cares, there's concerns. Parents, moms, fathers also. But many of us, we carry concerns. There are financial concerns. There's relational concerns. There's children in our homes. Some of us may have kids that are not serving the Lord and those concerns and those cares that, that wear us, they wear on us, they, that we carry the concern and the worry about where they're at, where they're going, what they're doing. But then the enemy, the devil, comes as the accuser of the brethren to condemn even parents because we all look back at our own, the way we've raised our kids. Even a, I was telling my wife, I said, I'm doing a lot better with my grandchildren than I did with my own children. You know, I, I wish I could raise my kids. I wish I could go round two with my own kids again. Because I'll be the first to raise both hands. I made lots of mistakes as a father. I made plenty of blunders as a father. But I come to realize that Jesus did not require me as a father or a mother to necessarily be perfect or to understand all wisdom and knowledge. He did ask me, however to come and draw near to him. In fact, he, he knew that I was weak. If we're going to enter into rest, I want everyone to hear me on this. If we're going to enter into rest, we must come to learn to embrace our weaknesses. We need to come to understand that when you are weak, you know, it's it, we live in a society that says that only those who are strong succeed. You have to have all knowledge, all wisdom. Uh, man, I was watching a television show one time, and they were talking about having the perfect wardrobe and the perfect home and the perfect kid and the perfect marriage and the, perf- the perfect home and the perfect this and the perfect... And, you know, we have all of these values that the world sets And so many of us, whether it's in beauty or in looks or in hairstyle or clothes or fashions, all of these pressures that the world puts on us, and may I say to you this morning that none of that has anything to do with you being an awesome dad or an awesome mom. It has nothing to do with you being an awesome mother or an awesome father. See, God is raising up a generation of people who understand the gospel. When we come to understand the gospel, entering into rest means that I first learn to embrace my weakness, not as some kind of a problem to just look at and feel sorry for myself. But I find that it's when I am weak I am strong because his grace is made perfect in weakness. Let me just say this. God is attracted to weakness. Not many mighty, not many noble. God hath chosen the weak things of the world 
to confound the wisdom. That's why the gospel is such a contradiction to the world. They, they think, oh, only the weak have to go to church. The people that go to church, and you know, they, they need God because they can't do anything for themselves. That's the way the world thinks. Well, let me just say this. Is I, I've come to realize that real quick. Ray Galligan can't do anything for himself. He was created in the very image of God, in the likeness of God. I was created first and foremost. And the only way Ray Galligan can ever succeed is when he realizes that he was created to have a living, breathing relationship with the God of heaven. And as Jesus lives in my heart, as I invite him into my heart, as I embrace even the things that I may be weak in, there's an exchange that takes place. How many of you know that we have a a Savior who loves to demonstrate and give us His grace when we call upon Him? And I, I want to just say this right now, that the key to wisdom, the key to strength, the key... To empower to an empowering parent, to being living an empowered life, is not striving in our own strength, but it's learning to recognize key moments, key moments in our walk, key moments in time. When I first realized that I was going to be a father, for instance, it scared me to death. The, the most terrifying, I hate to tell you this, the most terrifying news I ever heard was when my wife first told me with Jared that she was pregnant. Scared me to death. We were two and a half years married, and Carol said, Ray, guess what, Ray? I'm pregnant! I wanted to run. And part of the reason was, is I was not raised in a home where children was necessarily something talked about as being a blessing. I was raised in a home where children was to be seen but not heard. You sit down, you shut up, and you just get out of the way while we adults take care of it. That's what I was raised in. My parents didn't have a whole lot of knowledge or teaching on raising children, and they admit that. And I don't necessarily blame that on them to this day. But I, I didn't understand what a blessing it was to have kids. So I was afraid of having kids. I felt horrible. I felt completely inadequate. And then when, when I begin to study the Word and I begin to draw close to the Lord, I come to find out that God loves and he, He's drawn to people who recognize they're weak and they need Him. Because it's in those kind of people who are hungry and thirsty and those who feel they, they recognize their weakness that His power is made perfect. His grace is made perfect. In those who trust in the Lord with all their heart and do not lean unto their own understanding. Entering into rest. Let me just give you something that I think. Entering into rest is something you have to make a choice with. You have to choose to enter. We have to choose to enter in to the phase of parenting. I I have to choose to recognize that I am a man of God. I'm not just weak, but I'm strong in the power of his might. I am a mighty man of God. I am a mighty woman of God. I'm mighty in God by the grace of God. And it's because of his strength. It's because of his spirit. 
that all things are possible. Amen? And so we build on the foundation. The foundation, first of all, is a renewed mind. My mind, which has been renewed in the Holy Ghost, renewed after the promises of God's Word, the the renewing of my place and position in Christ. I'm renewed. Secondly, as I begin to enter into rest, I learn how to cast all my cares upon Him. There's some things that we need, and I want to just say this. Entering into rest means that we need to learn how to take things to God in prayer. I believe today, and I felt the Lord laid this on my heart this morning to say to you, if we are not a family that prays together, the odds of you staying together are very high, or are not very high. We've got to become a family that commits ourselves. It's not about just doing religious prayers and going to a religious ceremony. But it's, it's a really a couple who really, in a family, whether you're a mother, a single mom, or a single father, it's a couple entering into rest, is learning how to come before the Lord and really seek the Lord, really pray to God, and really find strength in His presence. Learning how to say, as Carol and I have done many, many hundreds of times, where Carol and I have said, Carol... In our own home, even with our own problems, raising our own kids, there's been times where Carol and I have said, we're going to stay here in prayer until God speaks. Until God speaks. Amen? Until we hear from the Lord. By the way, can I tell you that when you ask the Lord and when you call upon His name, do you know the Bible says, if you call on me, I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. That's what God's Word says. Entering into rest involves a couple who really knows how to pray. Not some professional, not some theological prayer. Sometimes you just come before God and say, God, I need help today. I need your help, Lord. I need wisdom. I've got a child that isn't serving you, Lord. I've got, got a wayward husband. He's not serving you, Lord. My wife, she's not serving you, Lord. I need help. Amen? Do you know God hears those kind of prayers? Amen. What's going on here? Let's join in. Praise God. But we've got to be people. Entering into rest really means that I really come before the Lord in prayer. And the last thing I want to just share, and I'm going to close here. One of the, one of the most important things, and I, I think it's, it's really important, when Paul said this to Timothy, he said, Paul, or he said to Timothy, he says, Timothy, you need to learn how to fight the good fight of faith. There's a lot of people today that are giving up. They're I call it committing emotional or spiritual suicide. Is when you cave in to the philosophy of the culture around us. The culture around us works against monogamy, works against marriage, works against 
the spiritual authority in the home, our culture around us. And you, you know this. You all have television. You all have internet. You've been to the movies. You see the rising tide of what Paul said in Thessalonians concerning the mystery of iniquity, which is arising in our culture around us. In fact, the Bible says that all of those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. By the way, persecution doesn't necessarily mean you're going to hang on a cross. Sometimes suffering persecution can mean that just people ostracize you because of your values. I heard just two weeks ago of a person on this job because he wanted to keep his boss honest. He was concerned about his boss and the accountability. He brought something up to his boss. And his boss said, you better shut your mouth or you're going to lose your job. Because this man, as an employee, actually has a conscience and a, a, and a mind of integrity, his job could be threatened. That's what it means today, sometimes, to suffer persecution. Sometimes persecution can be in your own home. For instance, you may get up on a Sunday morning and say, all right, family, I believe that for me and my house, we're going to serve God. We're going to go to the house of the Lord. We're going to let Jesus be first on our home. We want to see the kingdom come, His will be done. We want to see an atmosphere and an environment in our home where Jesus reigns, His righteousness rules, where's joy, peace, and there's holiness in this home. Sometimes just, just by being a voice in the home, people can look at you weird. That can even be a form of persecution. Sometimes people persecute you with silence. They just don't talk to you anymore. They just avoid you. You're just kind of strange. Those are, the, those are the kind of things that are happening even now. But I believe as a church, prophetically, I believe the Lord is bringing our church, New Life Fellowship, into a new era. I believe this is a new era. It's a new day. I believe it's a time where God is coming to empower couples, empower men, empower women, and helping us to rise as the leaders and rise as men and women of influence that God created you to be. I believe the message of grace is transforming people. Where we're coming into our own. We're coming into that place of liberty and freedom and righteousness. Instead of being victims and powerless, you are powerful. You are men and women with vision. You're prophetic. You're not pathetic. You're a people that are going to have answers and wisdom. God's raising Shadrachs, Meshachs, Abednegoes, and Daniels, and Davids, and Jeremiahs, and Isaiahs, and raising up Davids and Solomons in our generation. God's raising people up right now like that. This is a time where we need to stir ourselves up in the Lord. This is the best day. This is an exciting time to be alive. This is not a time where we start looking at the problems. And I, I, I just want to suggest, I, I want to make a suggestion to the church. And I, I told one of my relatives from Portland who called me one time, who was just saying, Ray, have you turned on the news and seen what's going on right now with the news? And I said, no, I'm not going to look at the news. You need to know you're a pastor. I said, no. The Lord showed me that I need to stop listening to the news. Do you know what the news is? It's depressing. 
It's depressing. You need to turn the news off and turn your Bible on. You started getting in the Word of God. Five, by the way, just to let you know, you're going you're gonna to be so much farther ahead in the Word of God and on your face before the Lord than the news will ever give you. Because you're never going to get the truth straight anyway. It doesn't matter. If you're Republican, Democrat, or Independent, you're not going to get the total truth anyway. In fact, they don't. no one knows the truth except the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is raising up a mighty army. He's raising moms and dads that are empowered with the Holy Ghost. You have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of the Lord. You have the knowledge of God. God wants you to know there is a weapon in your hand. That's the Word of God. He wants you to know you have the authority and all heaven to back you up as you raise your kids in a godless generation. He wants you to have backbone, church. Amen. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to be empowering. By the way, He also wants you to be encouraging and even fun. How many of you know you can be a Christian and still have fun? For some reason, Christians are getting a bad rap like, if you're a Christian, man, it's boring, dull, and you're religious and stuck in a time zone or something, or stuck in a time warp. And that's not true. I believe that God wants us to realize that He's put something within us and there's something that's exciting, there's something vibrant, there's something attractive in you. And the Bible says, Arise and shine, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Amen? Amen. I want to tell you, in fact, I want you to, everyone, right where you're seated, I want you to take your neighbor by the hand. I believe that we're living in a season where the Lord wants to empower our faith. He wants to empower you If you get anything, get this before you go home today. I want you to be a man and a woman who understands and gets the big picture. God wants to give us the big picture. You know, when you're in Christ, all things become new. It gives you the bigger picture. People that have the bigger picture understand that the problems become really small. But when our focus is on the problem... We make God small. But when God's big, you've got a big picture, guess what? You're the kind of individual like David in Psalms 18 says, I can run through the truth. I can leap over the wall. Amen. A God who's for us, who's not against us. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have given us the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for the fathers, and today, Mother's Day as well, I thank you for the mothers, the mothers and fathers in our life. Though not perfect, and even though they may be weak, as we all are, yet, Lord, there's a supply in the Spirit that you granted to us through Jesus, through the testimony of the blood of Jesus this morning, that, Lord, we're no longer the same but new creatures in Christ. And as I hold the hand of my brother, my sister, my wife, my spouse, my friend, Lord, I just pray right now for a spiritual impartation of grace this morning. Father, help us to embrace the big picture. Help us to enter into rest. Lord, help us and teach us, learn to, to let go 
at times where we need to trust you and really lean and depend upon you. And, and then, Lord, help us to learn at times when we need to step up and take initiative and take the leadership, whether it's in a conversation or in the home, whether it's making decisive decisions. Father, we know that all around us, people are watching us. My children are watching us. My grandchildren, they're watching us. And the decisions I make today is going to make and have an effect tomorrow. Lord, I just pray right now for the spirit of opportunity. and I pray for the spirit of empowerment to flow upon this house and upon your people. We're so grateful, Lord, for what you're doing in us. We thank you for the stirring of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for the prodding that you've put upon our hearts, Lord. You've taught us that there's more. You've drawn us, Lord, to, to a greater understanding of your kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we give you praise. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. I want to just say something to you folks. I just so appreciate you. I appreciate this church. I appreciate the men and the women of this house. You are very special. And I know God's hand is on you. And you're such a blessing. You really, really are. And we, we're so grateful for you. And my wife and I, we just love you guys. We want you to have an awesome Mother's Day. Remember, give mom lots of hugs, lots of kisses, and a great foot massage today. Amen? All your mothers said, amen. amen. All right. God bless you and have a great afternoon in Jesus' name. Amen. amen.